Hello and welcome back to this episode of Band Biographies with me, Tom Austin Morgan, your host, to let you know what's been going on since the last episode went out and what you can expect from the next one. Band Biographies is a proud member of the Pantheon podcast network of music-based podcasts. Be sure to visit pantheon.com to find a whole host of different types of show on all sorts of music. It's an honour to be placed among such brilliant shows. Firstly, I'd like to thank Chris Swinney for giving up his time to speak with me last month. What a lovely chap he was, and I look forward to talking with him again in the future. I hope you went and gave Fire Sale a listen, and watched the video to their song A Fool's Errand. Interestingly, since our last chat, Fire Sale has grown into a five-piece, having recruited Brad Edwards from the bands Just Like Them, Weaver Street and Darlington on second guitar duties. Brad's actually in the video too, so you may already have seen his face. I went to see Rancid play at Wembley Arena on Tuesday the 20th of June, and what a show that was! Unfortunately, I missed Grade 2 opening up, because the group of people I went with were late getting together, and more interested in having one more beer, which was a disappointment. I should have left them, I suppose. We got there and the Bronx had just started, and they were as aggressively entertaining as ever. The next band on were London-based reggae punk band The Skints, who I'd not checked out much of before, and they really did blow me away. They weren't as laid back as I'd feared, but even though they weren't as hardcore as The Bronx, or as punk as Rancid or Grade 2, they were really interesting to watch, especially co-front person Marcia Richards, who was simultaneously singing, playing keyboards, electric percussion, guitar, saxophone and melodica, not all at the same time, but certainly a couple of them at the same time. Obviously the stars of the show were Rancid, who rattled through a 28-song set that included a few new songs off the latest record, Tomorrow Never Comes, as well as a set of hits, and a B-side that they'd never played before in the UK called I Wanna Riot, which was pretty cool. They really did make the arena feel like a club show. It was the hottest, sweatiest pit I've been in for years, and it felt amazing to scream along to songs I've been listening to for a couple of decades from a band that rarely tours in the UK. I also met a few people I didn't expect to see up there as well. I travelled up there with my Swamp Stomper and Sham 69 bandmate Paul Brightman, but met up with another former guest on this show, James Crutwell from The Gonads. A great time was had by all, and I hope Rancid come back sooner than 10 years or however long it's been since the last time they were over here. It's also festival season, so a lot of my time has been taken up by watching full sets on YouTube. The standout of these every year is Hellfest in France, that puts up loads of sets from its lineup for free on YouTube. This year's standouts for me have been Less Than Jake, Flogging Molly and Gogol Bordello. Let me know what you've been watching, or even if you've attended any festivals this summer. I love trading festival stories and hearing what you guys think of certain bands. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, 
you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, Rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the US. But now, here's the news. Social distortion have postponed their upcoming tour because during rehearsals, singer Mike Ness was diagnosed with tonsil cancer. He has already undergone surgery and is now scheduled to begin radiation treatment, and his doctors expect him to recover. However, Ness has already said that the new Social Distortion album is underway. In a statement, he said, We think that life is going to go according to our plan, but it has a way of saying, I don't think so. In the midst of pre-production, I was diagnosed with stage 1 tonsil cancer. I was feeling well enough to continue with recording in the studio up until the very day before surgery. The band and I were so inspired and excited to lay down these tracks, which by the way sound fucking awesome. The recovery from surgery is a day by day process and in three weeks we start radiation, and that should be the last therapy I need. The team of doctors are certain that once finished with this course, I will be able to start the healing and recovery process. We expect a full recovery, enabling me to live a long and productive life. It breaks my heart to postpone tours and this album release, but time is required to heal. I can't thank our loyal fans enough who have been waiting so patiently for this. While it will take a little longer, I promise you that it will be delivered and it will exceed your expectations. I want you all to know that this has opened my eyes to a whole new struggle. I know it's one that many of you or your loved ones have personally endured and my heart goes out to you all because I now know what it's like from this heavy experience. I'm surrounded by love and support from my friends and family, especially my lovely wife and incredible boys. Oh and don't forget my three dogs and kitty. Thank you all in advance to our unbelievable fans for your love and support right now. We will get through this. Former bomb pop singer and guitarist Polly Van Dam has started a new band called the Polly Van Dam Band, which will apparently be playing live shows, playing bomb pops tunes and new songs, and even some unreleased tracks she has written over the last few years. Keep your ears peeled. Derek Grant, the drummer for Alkaline Trio, has announced he's stepping away from the band. A statement released on Instagram read, It is with mixed emotions that I've decided to step down as drummer for Alkaline Trio. The demands of being in a touring band have become increasingly difficult in recent years, and while this was a difficult decision to make, it's the best thing for me and my mental health. I want to thank everyone who supported the band. Alkaline Trio has the best fans in the world, many of whom I've gotten to know over the years. I'll miss seeing you all. I want to thank Blair Dickerson for being a true friend and great manager. Most of all, I want to thank Matt and Dan for 22 amazing years. I got to travel the world playing music with two of my best friends, and the bond that we share can never be broken. I wish them all the best moving forward. While I'll be focusing more on music production and visual art, I promise you haven't heard the last of me. The band shared his statement on Twitter, along with a statement that read, In light of Derek's decision to step down as a member of the band, we'd like to send our love and thanks for everything he contributed. It's impossible to put into words all he's done, but we are endlessly proud of what we've accomplished with one another. Beyond the music, we appreciate all our memories, the tours, travelling the world, spending weeks making music in the studio, everything. 
We love you, Derek, and we hope the next chapters will be filled with success and happiness. Atom Willard has stepped in as the Alkaline Trio's new drummer. Willard announced the news in an Instagram post which read, Truly honoured to be trusted with these big shoes. Thank you, Dan and Matt. The band shared the news on Twitter, along with a photo of Willard and a statement reading simply, Welcome, Atom. Generation Sex, the supergroup that features Billy Idol and Tony James of Generation X and Steve Jones and Paul Cook of the Sex Pistols, are on tour in Europe right now until the 13th of July. They played Glastonbury recently, and that set looked a little raucous and raw. It looked like they were practicing for this tour. <laughs> if you see them over the course of this summer, do let me know what they were like, and hopefully they've tightened up a little bit. Devo is set to release a box set of rare and unreleased music spanning three LPs and a 7-inch on the 8th of September, which was recorded before the release of their first album with the earliest material dating back to 1973. It will be called Art Devo 1973-1977 and it's out via UK's Futurismo recordings. The collection has been garnered from unearthed basement recordings, original demo tapes, unfinished montages and rare live audio all taken from the band's personal archive. Alice Cooper's 22nd solo album, Road, will be released on the 25th of August on Ear Music. It's produced by Bob Ezrin and features Cooper's touring band. Cooper stated, For Road, I wanted the band to be involved in the foundation of all the songs. I only see these guys when we're on the road, so I wanted them to be as tight as they are for the show, but on all the new material. When you have a band this good, I believe in showing it off, and this is my way of doing so. NoFX's Fat Mike has released a kind of solo track called I'm a Rat. The video on YouTube begins with two minutes of Mike talking about his drug interventions over the years before the orchestra behind him starts playing the music. It turns out that Mike had written the song for a band called High Standard a couple of months back, but it's really interesting to hear such obvious Fat Mike vocal melodies being played on a violin. Go and check it out. The promoters of old-school Californian punk band TSOL's Australian tour have cancelled all five dates that were due to take place in September. Chop Dog Entertainment released a statement that read, Hey everyone, we've never done this, but we have to cancel a tour. One thing we don't want to do is BS and say due to unforeseen circumstances beyond our control is the reason. Truth is that TSOL are selling okay, but not to the point where it's going to make for amazing shows. And when you're a touring band that's been around since 1978, it's just not worth the effort for them to come all the way to Australia for subpar shows. We've spoken to Jack and the band about this and they agree that we should park it for another year or two when things aren't so saturated in the market. We wanted to do this now rather than telling people two to three weeks before the tour when everyone might have travelled or booked to come. We'll try this again, but for now you'll be refunded by Mosh Ticks and Oz Ticks. Sorry and thanks for your support on everything we do, Luke and Nick. US 1234 Fest has announced its lineup for this year. Rise Against, Rancid, Jawbreaker, Descendants, Joyce Manor, Pussy Riot and Dillinger 4 will be playing the festival's two dates, on the 9th of September at the Junkyard in Denver and the 23rd of September at Freedom Mortgage Pavilion in Philadelphia. Old School California punk rock band X has postponed the first leg of their summer tour, 
A statement released by the band on Instagram reads, Due to a band member recovering from an emergency surgery, X is forced to postpone the following dates. We'll rearrange postponed dates ASAP. All tickets will be honoured. We're sorry for this inconvenience and thank all of our fans for their support and patience. You will receive information about the new dates momentarily. All shows after the 14th of July are unaffected. Swedish garage punks The Hives have announced UK and Ireland tour dates. The shows will take place next year between the 27th of March and the 13th of April in support of their new album The Death of Randy Fitzsimmons which will be released on the 11th of August. The Hives will be touring Europe starting in September and North America starting in October. New York hardcore band Cro-Mag's second album, Best Wishes, was just re-released under the BFE and Asta Place labels, both of which specialise in licensing records from inactive labels and re-releasing them. Lead singer and bassist Harley Flanagan has taken to social media to state that the reissue is not authorised by the band, similar to the recent re-release of Age of Quarrel. He stated, The issue of Best Wishes on vinyl is again like the reissue of Age of Quarrel, not a release that supports the people who wrote or played on this album. The players who wrote and played on Best Wishes have never been paid for it or even received an accounting. When we last checked, Profile, or whatever they call themselves now, basically said sue us if you want to know anything about what you signed away without counsel as kids. We thank you for loving and listening to the music, keeping it alive and passing it on to new listeners. We can't blame you for wanting it or buying it. We are music fans too. We get it. But we think it's important that you know what you're buying. In similar news, Billy Idol is going to re-release his first self-titled album on the 28th of July on Universal Records. The new version is remastered and uses the original Congo Man track listing. It also comes with a previously unreleased live show from 1982. On June the 16th, The Offspring's eighth album, Rise and Fall, Rage and Grace, was re-released for its 15th anniversary on vinyl through Roundhill and Universal Records. People who bought the album were surprised when they played it because it featured censored radio-cleared versions of the tracks. The band responded in a statement on social media saying, any fan of The Offspring knows that we enjoy cussing on occasion, because sometimes there's just no substitute for a properly placed curse word. So you must understand how we were completely fucking horrified to find out that the 15th anniversary reissue vinyl release of Rise and Fall, Rage and Grace had the clean versions of You're Gonna Go Far Kid, Nothing Town and Stuff Is Messed Up On It. We have no idea how this shit happened. We didn't even know there was a clean version. We and Roundhill are working to fix this bullshit ASAP. We will let you all know how and when this will be remedied, but rest assured, god damn it, that it will be fucking fixed. Thank you all for your patience, and please accept our deepest fucking apologies. It's unclear exactly how involved The Offspring was in this re-release. In 2016, The Offspring sold their entire catalogue, Masters and Publishing, to Roundhill. So it appears that Roundhill has the rights to re-release the album, not the band. However, the terms of the sale may have allowed or even required The Offspring to promote, endorse, review and or be involved in the re-release activities. Take this as a lesson, especially as something similar happened to one of my bands once where the starting and end points of each track on the CD happened halfway through the tracks rather than at the end of the tracks. So if you were skipping, you'd skip to halfway through the second track by the end of the first. It made no sense. Anyway, 
the lesson here is always listen to your test pressings. And now for the singles and EPs from this month. I didn't get onto the royal blood meltdown at Radio 1's big weekend last time around, mainly because the show was long enough as it was, but also because I didn't have the energy. On reflection, I still feel largely the same as I did at the time. Mike Kerr, the bassist and singer, had a bit of a strop on about something and decided to take it out on an audience that were at best attentive. Alright, they weren't going mental for the Brighton two-piece, but there were certainly pockets who were seriously into it, and there was applause and cheering. I have no idea why he decided to go on such a prolonged tirade, and then doubled down on his behaviour a few days later when he appeared on Greg James's breakfast show. I feel most sorry for the drummer Ben Thatcher who seemed to be trying his hardest at both the gig and the radio show to appease people for his bandmates outbursts. Either way, the new single Mountains at Midnight isn't a step forward for the band and in fact sounds very much like it could have been on their first album. The bass and drums rock combo sound only gets you so far and being an edgy knobhead on a stage the size of which most bands would kill to get on doesn't help either. Floridian violin-wielding pop-punk's Yellow Card have released the first song and title track from their upcoming EP, Childhood Eyes. At one point, the entire EP was available to listen to on Apple Music, but after a day or so, just the single song remained available to listen to. It's a catchy little number from a band reforming after five years. There's a bit of a whiff of the need to be a bit more grown up about things on this song, like the self-titled Blink-182 album. But then I've not really kept up to date with Yellow Card since 2003's Ocean Avenue album. Jimmy Eat World have released another new single called Telepath. This time it's a bit more palatable after the rather dour and forgettable place your debts. Telepath is an earnest, mid-paced emo song, full of questions and yearning. Much more like the Jimmy Eat World I know and love. The Hives have released a second song from their upcoming album, The Death of Randy Fitzsimmons. It's called Countdown to Shutdown and continues the theme of the Swedes going back to their dirty garage punk roots. It's a super catchy, raucous song with another anarchic video which even features their old bassist Dr. Matt Destruction which made me very happy. These guys are such an exciting band and I can't wait to get my mitts on the album when it's released and see them live when they come over here later next year. UK riot girl band Dream Nails have released the single Good Guy which is a scathing look at men who pretend to be good guys, but are hiding a darker side to their personality. Dream Nails have also announced that they will be releasing a new album called Doom Loop on the 13th of October via Marshall Records. Northern Irish alt-rockers Ash have released a new song called Race the Night and is the lead single for an upcoming album of the same name. The artwork implies a neon 80s sound, and there's certainly a bit of synth in there, but the overall sound of the song is their signature uplifting melodies over driving bass and drums, the latter provided by friend of the show and former guest Rick McMurray, who is busy recording his own side project's first album right now. Ash have always written brilliant pop songs, and Race the Night is another certified hit for me. Dexies is releasing a new album on the 28th of July and has released a third single from it called Coming Home, which hits somewhere between the classic Dexies Midnight Runners-esque first single I'm Going To Get Free and the cringe-inducing second single The Feminine Divine. 
Coming Home is a danceable little number, if a little flimsy and forgettable. I think this album's going to be weird. Pretenders are also releasing a new album, but in September, and have released a second single from it called I Think About You Daily, which is a slow six and a half minute piano and string led song about mourning things and people lost to time. It's in direct contrast to the lead single that came out last month, Let the Sun Come In, which means this is an album upon which Chrissy Hine seems to be looking in both directions over her life, evaluating and reflecting. A local band to me, Smile Wide, has released an EP called Happy Complaining, which contains their last two singles, Shine and Reasons, and adds a third song called Addict, which showcases a harder edge than on the previous two songs. In fact, I'd almost go as far as to say it's a grunge song if it weren't for the jangly, synth-enhanced middle eight. These are good guys making great music that's well worth a listen to. Leicester rockers Kasabian have released a new single called Algorithms, which strips things back from the electro-scuzziness of their 2022 album The Alchemist's Euphoria, that seemed to be creating a massive gap from their past material following singer Tom Meehan's departure under a cloud in 2020. Algorithms is an indie pop rock anthem, and I'd be glad to hear an album consisting more of these kinds of songs. Not that I'm against experimentation or genre melding, but the last album was a bit messy. Fontaine's DC frontman Grian Chatham is releasing a solo album on the 30th of June called Chaos for the Fly. Ahead of that, the first three songs have already been released. The score is a slow-paced acoustic love song that has a bit of early radio head about it with its electronic glitchy percussion. Secondly, Last Time Every Time Forever is a little more gritty and direct, but still acoustic. Finally, Fairlies is more of a skiffle-based song, with a great sing-along chorus with more mellow verses and beautifully poetic lyrics. He said to the Irish Times that he didn't want to compromise with these songs by using them on another Fontaine's album. I'm looking forward to seeing how the other six songs sound, as well as Chatton's incredible lyrical dexterity. And now album reviews. If you listen to the Damn It Records podcast, and I sincerely suggest that you do, then you would have heard my review for this next album, Paradise, by the Indian punk band Sages from the Future. Formed in the city of Joy in Kolkata in 2018 by vocalist and guitarist Krem Mitra, bassist Ram Singh and drummer Jay Bat, Sages from the Future's debut full-length album Paradise was released on the 4th of June. I really like this album. The musicianship is a great mix of 90s pop and skate punk and 70s UK punk rock with some slightly surprising elements thrown in to keep you on your toes. The recording is relatively lo-fi, which could be a stylistic choice or simply a limitation because of budget. I wish I knew a bit more about them because there's not a lot out there to get a feel for who they are and what drives them as a band. My one criticism is that I can't make out most of the lyrics. I'm not sure if that's because of the delivery from singer and guitarist Krem Mitra, or if it's because the songs are sung in an Indian dialect that, being English, I'm unsurprisingly and sadly unfamiliar with. During our conversation on the Dammit Records podcast, it turns out that they are indeed singing in English. That said, the songs are written so well that you can still understand the emotions being conveyed very clearly. With repeated listening, I'm picking out more words here and there, so it's probably just tuning your ear into the delivery. 
There's a real mix of styles as well as light and shade on this album that means your mind doesn't wander, which in these days of short attention spans is a bonus for the band. There's only one misstep on the album for me and that's track 5, Peace of the Dead, which has more ideas than it can handle, though I'd rather have songs that attempt to be progressive than rely on the same old formula, and you certainly can't accuse Sages of the Future from relying on just one or two songwriting techniques. Good on them, I say. Sages from the Future are a real find, and certainly a band to keep an eye on. They write songs with great riffs and vocal melodies that are reminiscent of bands like Green Day, The Offspring and Buzzcocks to name a few, but also mix in a bit of ska and post-hardcore elements with big choruses that are often anthemic and always heartfelt. The big release of the month for me was Queens of the Stone Age's 8th album in Time's New Roman, which came out on the 16th of June, and it's the darkest offering from this band since 2005's Lullabies to Paralyze, and directly opposite in tone to the last album, 2017's Villains. This should come as no surprise really though, as frontman Josh Homme has been through the ringer as much as any one of us in the last few years, including a lengthy and well-publicised divorce from Distillers frontwoman Brodie Dow, where both parties have accused each other of emotional and physical abuse, filing restraining orders and embarking on a custody battle for their three children, of whom Homme has now been given full custody, at least until the next hearing this autumn. He also revealed recently that he underwent cancer surgery which left him unable to write music for a while. On top of this he's lost friends in the last few years including close collaborator Mark Lanigan as well as drummer Taylor Hawkins, chef and broadcaster Anthony Bourdain and actor Roy Hackford. Homme said that the music to In Time's New Roman had been written and finished nearly two years ago, but it had taken him to come to terms and put to bed a number of these issues before he could write lyrics for them. As a result, In Time's New Roman is the band's heaviest, angriest work in years. As a starting point, Obscenery establishes several of the album's juxtapositions, moving from jerky robo-funk riffs through a jaunty bridge and into a grandiose chorus while its lyrics veer from the pun of the title to a call of fuck me stupid and into a discussion of emotional amputees. Paper Machete then immediately goes back to the more traditional motoric classic Queens of the Stone Age sound, albeit accompanied by vitriolic lyrics including I know you'd use anything, anyone to make yourself look clean, in sickness no vows mean anything, truth is face to face you're a coward, you speak lioness and damsel in distress so fluently. Negative Space is a slinky tune about floating into oblivion, made to parade drips disgust onto a glam rock stomp. What the peephole say delivers preppy new wave with a sting in its tail. On Carnivoyeur, an atmospheric lament with a slippery soulful glint, Josh is hanging by a nail in this life and likens himself to a vulture. Next up, Sicily is not quite like anything else in Queens of the Stone Age back catalogue. Lead single Emotion Sickness alternates between high-octane blasts of acid-damaged guitar on a chorus that basks in the band's melodic chops. It took me a while to dial into the groove on this one as well as a number of other songs on the album, but once I got in sync with it I really got it. And then there's the nine minute closing song, Straight Jacket Fitting, which finds Homme doing his best Jim Morrison impression, ranting about the oblivious state of humanity in the face of our impending doom. The world, yeah, she doesn't need saving, he wails, 
except from you, me and our misbehaving. After nearly seven minutes of venting and stomping, the song morphs into a lovely yet ominous acoustic instrumental, which feels both like a sigh of relief and an elegy for his collapsed life. It's a convincingly intense end to the album. In Time's New Roman is unlikely to win over anyone who's on the fence about Queens of the Stone Age, although all-encompassing adoration probably isn't what they're looking for after a period that has left so many deep scars. The band has pitched their comeback between an emotional exorcism for Homi, but with enough fan service for the die-hard fans. In Time's New Roman is up there with their darkest, knottiest material to date, and should be appreciated all the more for it. Just as I went to record this episode, South Korean street punk band Rumkicks released their debut full-length album called Born Rude. I've only listened to half of it as I write this, but I really enjoy this band's brand of classic punk mixed with half-English, half-Korean poppy vocals. Half the songs on the album are re-recorded versions of songs that have been released previously on singles and EPs, but the increase in recording quality certainly proves while they're included on this release. Check it out. Punk's alive and well across the globe, it seems. Now, the next episode is going to be another interview-based episode with David Green, drummer with Chicago pop-punk band Moonraker, who have recently released a video for their song I Really Wanted To, which features the band playing a regional game called Whirlyball, a game that looks like lacrosse mixed with Mario Kart, which is something I tried to get my head around during our conversation, and is just one of a number of topics covered in what was a really cool chat, which I hope you enjoy. Please do share this podcast on your social medias, and maybe tell some friends who are fans of music to give it a listen. And please don't forget to leave a five-star rating and also a review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help the show get seen by more people who are searching for these kinds of podcasts to listen to. Until next time though, look after yourselves, pick someone up if they fall down, and see you in the pit. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.